This is the first of three mini lectures on fights. We're going to look at how they get started, what causes them, how schools can prevent them, a continuation of our emphasis on preventing trouble rather than having it occur, and then dealing with it. And then finally, what to do about fights if they do occur. Um, fights generally, let's take a look at fights. They almost never occur spontaneously. Fights almost always have a build-up period and often have a history. And the build-up period can last anywhere from two minutes to two months. So if you're going to deal with fights in public school settings, K-12, P-12 settings, get the concept of a build-up. Fights almost always have a build-up period. If you didn't see the build-up period and you think it occurred spontaneously, probably you weren't paying attention. All right, now during the build-up period to a fight, some things that typically you can observe is a lot of physical posturing. Two students who are getting into a fight will do a lot of this stuff. Uh, exchange of insults, angry words, and threats. If you are a school person, a teacher, or a staff member, Anywhere in the vicinity of a fight that's starting to build up, all you have to do is use your ears. You can hear the voices start to go up. You can hear the angry tone. If you're close enough, you can hear the insults, the angry words, the threats. All right, build up. Brandishing of weapons. Now, I always ask my students, what, what's a weapon? Anything can be used as a weapon, a rock, uh, a pencil, uh, in some schools, uh, there, is, there are more severe weapons that students will have, but students who are trying to, uh, to build up to a fight will show each other some kind of weapons. Um, I have been involved in fights where, uh, with girls who took off their shoes and they used their shoes to beat each other over the head. Um, a, a fairly common weapon in uh, some settings is uh, simply to take a screwdriver, a large screwdriver, and a lathe and sharpen both edges of the screwdriver. Um, from a practical point of view, how, no one can say that's a weapon legally, but in fact it is quite a serious weapon. All right? Um, attracting supporters for each combatant and eggers on. Typically, if you don't know a fight's cooking, the students do, and you start getting, if you're, you know, if you're on the outside watching it, you see a couple of things happen. Each combatant starts attracting some supporters. They may be friends. Uh, other students will start sort of taking sides, and you also start getting some eggers on. Eggers on are people who egg on the fight. They'll say, yeah, come on, yeah, you tell them. Yeah, yeah, I'll hold your coat. Come on. Yeah, don't let him say that to you. So you get this crowd of people starting to form. Again, if you're paying attention, you can see this starting to happen. You also get the attraction of an audience, people who are not going to support the combatants. They'll stay back. They'll stay further back, but they're going to watch the fun. They're going to see the uproar. Um, if you pay attention, you can spot a fight. Male students are by far the most likely to fight. 
They almost always go through an elaborate ritual before they fight. Now, boys who are getting into a fight are going to do some things. First of all, they will circle each other. They will swap ritual insults. They will swear and argue loudly. They will strip off articles of clothing like their coat, their shirt, or uh, maybe take a belt off and wrap it around the hand to use as a weapon. Um, they will get in each other's face. They may each bump each other, get chest to chest. Uh, they may flex their muscles, and the note says, even if they don't have any, all right? Um, with fists fist raised, they will brandish those weapons, you know, show each other the weapons. Uh, again, if you're paying attention, you can, you can spot this. Now, the build-up period may go fairly quickly. Um, after you get that close ring starting to fight, you get another group of kids who leave the area. It's like you get the inner group of supporters nigger on, you get the audience, and then you get some kids who want to stay out of trouble, and they ooze away. All right, so you got this pattern of moving. Now, you, the, the egger on, there's a group of kids in schools that you may overlook if you're not aware of them. And they're kids who typically don't get in fights or they don't often get in fights, but they like to provoke and egg on fights. And they say things to unhappy people to sort of get them riled up, like, are you going to let him say that about you? Do you know what he did? Come on, come on, I'll back you, I'll back you. So there's this other group that you need to be aware of who may actually avoid conflict, but they pay a, play a major role in setting it up and getting it going. All right, now let's talk about girls. Girls do not fight typically as often as boys do, but girls will fight. Um, they fight over different things. Girls fight over, typically over relational and social issues. They will fight over a boyfriend. Um, they will fight over click stuff, like there's this group and they'll decide suddenly to push one girl out and not talk to her or something like that. Um, girls start that kind of behavior in, I'd say, about fifth grade where they uh, have these little groups and they tell secrets and they... Uh, decide today we're not going to speak to her for such and such a reason. Uh, hopefully, eventually, they become grown women and stop doing that sort of stuff. I think there's some women who never do stop doing that kind of stuff. Boys fight over different things. Boys over, fight over honor issues or masculinity issues. Um, you disrespected me or, or whatever. Often, not always, but often, boy arguments and fights don't have a lot of emotional energy in them. Uh, and you can typically tell, or you can hear, how much energy. Again, boys sometimes fight when they don't want to fight. They've got that crowd. They've got some sort of honor issue or masculinity issue they fight over. Now, for a sidelight, uh, Quite often, boys really do want to fight. There's a lot of emotional anger and energy in there, and they do serious harm to each other. And depending on weapons, uh, horrible to say, they sometimes kill each other. Um, teachers generally consider girl-girl fights 
worse. And I agree with that. I believe that part of the reason is that girls only fight when they really mean it and they go at each other with a viciousness that's absolutely incredible and they don't seem to observe some of the rules men do, uh, women do, uh, boys do in fighting. For example, girls will uh, generally do things like uh, bite, go for the hair, gouge much more severely uh, than boys will. Uh, girls have a build-up period too. It has less physical posturing, although there is some of that or can be some of that, and more mouth, more uh, saying things back and forth, insults and threats to each other. Now, occasionally, you do have a boy-girl fight, and I've seen one or two of them. Um, they tend to be in the lower middle and middle grades when girls and boys are more equal in uh, size. Uh, my most memorable boy-girl fight, the girl was about six feet tall in middle school. She was real tall, and uh, the boy was about this tall. So, and that, that was a, a sight to see. Um, you will find some teenage girls who will fight a boy, and uh, often the fights start as a form of sexual harassment. Okay, boy fights, girl fights, boy-girl fights. Um, there are a few exceptions to the rule that fights always have a build-up period. There are some very impulsive, hot-headed individuals who will start a fight immediately. They have some kind of hair-trigger temper, and somebody just bumps into them, and they come up fighting, and you get a fight. Um, this pattern of behavior if it's just more than one isolated incident, is a really bad pattern, and this individual needs some really serious uh, psychological uh, anger management, behavioral control help. That, that's a really, really bad pattern, uh, and it needs to be dealt with. You also get sometimes this kind of response from just an ordinary, peaceful individual who's in some sort of situation where he feels crowded or hot or shoved around or frustrated and, and, and mistreated, particularly if the person is kind of keeping it in, keeping it in. This pattern actually uh, pertains to all of us. When we're hot, we're crowded, we're pushed, we're frustrated, and we're just kind of coping with it, uh, we can get to the point, if we're not careful, where we just snap and behave completely inappropriately. Um, if you can't re relate to this, uh, think of the concept of road rage, where perfectly normal people can experience an incredible amount of anger and respond uh, spontaneously with completely inappropriate behavior. So uh, generally, fights have a build-up period. There are a couple of instances where they don't have a build-up period. They do occur just like that. Um, fight start mode most often when students have the time and freedom to build up a fight. Now, this is a very important principle. Generally, if you shut down the build-up period, you shut down the fight. Um, it's not much of an exaggeration to say that men can't fight. They just cannot fight without going through all that whoop-to-do stuff first. So, shut down the build-up period. Don't give it a chance to happen and generally, 
you shut down the fights. That concept is very important in preventing fights, keeping them from happening. All right, let's look at prime times for fights. Number one, before and after school. Passing periods, lunch, recess playground, commons time, loose in the hall and behind the building. Now you should start to see some themes here. Periods when kids are kind of loose, moving around, and quite possibly not well supervised, not as closely supervised, and not occupied, not doing something. These are the times and the places when you start to get fights. Before school, after school, passing periods, lunch, recess, playground, loose in the hall. Teachers need to keep in mind, every time you let a kid out of your classroom, out in the hall, you maximize the chance that there's going to be a fight. You maximize the chance that there's going to be various kinds of interaction. And if you're in a school that has a lot of kids during instructional periods traipsing up and down the hall for whatever reason, and usually if it's a bunch of them, it's not no good reason, you increase the chance that a fight will get started. Again, you increase the chance, you give them the opportunity for the build-up period. All right, other prime times for fights. During class, when students are allowed to get and stay off task. During class, when there's a lot of uncontrolled movement, during hands-on activities, and anytime students feel unsupervised. If you are a classroom teacher and you have fights in your classroom more than once in a very, very rare blue moon, you're doing something wrong. Kids in your classroom should be organized in orderly set of procedures and rules. And you remember we talked about kids learn most when they spend the most time actively engaged in learning activities. A kid who is actively engaged in a learning activity has no opportunity to go through the build-up pro uh, procedure. He has no opportunity to get into a fight if you've got him genuinely busy. Um, uncontrolled movement in the classroom. Now, I'm, I'm not an advocate of having kids glued in their chairs uh, all day long during, during a classroom. But uncontrolled movement, when kids aren't moving for a purpose, coming in the room in an orderly fashion, going out of the room in an orderly fashion, one child at a time going to the pencil sharpener, a group, uh, groups dividing up and you gave them good instructions. Those are controlled movements. It's when kids just go here, there, here, there, you have no idea where they are. Some are behind you, some are over there, some are crawling under the counter, this, that, some are bopping out of the door and you don't even know they're gone. That's when fights get started. Kids need to be supervised and they need to be orderly and there needs to be controlled movement within the school. All right, on to our next mini lecture. All right. Whoop.